The following podcast is part of the MindBodySpirit.fm podcast network. Meditation doesn't have to be a solo practice. Meditation is more fun with friends. Looking for a way to drop in and hang out at the same time? Join us online at Omega Institute for a meditation party with self-proclaimed meditation nerds Dan Harris, host of the 10% Happier podcast, Sabene Selassie and Jeff Warren. This three-day retreat will stream live from Omega's Hudson Valley Campus, May 17th to 19th. Don't miss the party. Reserve your spot at eomega.org slash party today. Providing insight and resources for your spiritual journey. Unity Online Radio. where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. from Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington. If you'd like to join in the discussion, email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm or call into the program with your questions. Now, here's your host, Reverend Anna Schaus. Welcome to the Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, where we support your spiritual growth in recovery. My name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your host, and I want to thank all of you for listening with us today. We have a great program, as we always do. Today, we're going to be talking about equine-assisted therapy and the wisdom of the horse and how that can help people recover from addiction um, and also family members recover from their stress and and all that goes on with them as they are recovering from uh, being enabling their loved ones that might have the substance part of this addiction disease. So again, we want to thank you all for listening out there. We know we've got listeners across the U.S. and uh, across the world. And so we're um, happy to be broadcasting today. We want uh, to also thank you for letting your friends and the people in your recovery community and in your unity community know about Spirit of Recovery. It's exciting to be broadcasting on the topic of recovery here on Unity Online Radio, unity.fm. And um, also, we want you to know that we have some options that you uh, can certainly access our archives. If you go into Unity. We had a little extra there, I think. Anyway, but we want you to know that we do have some exciting new things that you can uh, access Unity FM now on your mobile listening device. You can go to www.unity.fm and click on the blue button, I think it is, that says mobile listening, and that can tell you um, how to get that app on your mobile listening device, and so you can listen that way. And also, of course, we have archived programs that you can go www.unity.fm slash programs slash spirit of recovery and access the archives. And we've got lots of great programs from the year. So every week we do talk about topics that are important to the recovery community. We have guests who are down to earth, knowledgeable, and innovative They're people who are either in recovery themselves or who work with or write for recovering people. And we're always bringing you practical information that you can use and lively discussions that get you thinking, new ideas that can deepen and broaden your recovery and um, enrich it. We want you to know that the spirit of recovery is a welcoming place, that if you're a person who's in recovery uh, yourself from any kind of an addiction or if you're a family member, that has somebody in recovery from addiction, or if you're um, in recovery yourself as a, as a family member, or you're simply curious about the process of recovery, know that you're very welcome here, and we welcome your participation in our discussions. And we do invite you to email in a comment or call in. You can call in um, to our program at 888-558-6489 during the second and third segments of the show if you've got a comment or question for my guests, or you can email us at any time at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm, and we do get the emails during the program, so we'd love to have your comments or questions. And again, my name is Anna Schaus, and I'm your Spirit of Recovery host. I'm a Unity minister and an addictions counselor. Also, I'm a person who has in my circle of love and friendship many people with the disease of addiction. 
And 30 years ago, those relationships got me started on an active path of personal growth and recovery and spiritual development. And that combination keeps me growing and keeps transforming my life, and I am very grateful about that. So I'm happy um, to be able to share these ideas with you and to bring you wonderful guests and also to hear what you're experiencing on your recovery journey. Today, we do um, have a great topic, and that topic is the wisdom of the horse, equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery. And today, I have two guests. My guests are Heather Jeffrey and Neva Sherman. And Heather and Neva are members of the staff at Acres for Life, and this is a ministry of hope. It's a place where it's a welcoming environment where the fullest living is encouraged. At Acres for Life, the staff there um, utilize equine-assisted psychotherapy. They utilize um, equine-assisted learning. They also utilize art, music, and movement therapy. Um, The owner is Lynn Moore. She's an addictions counselor who is also certified in equine-assisted therapy. And Lynn is one of a small number of equine therapy experts in the United States. And unfortunately, um, because of a schedule conflict, Lynn can't uh, join us today. But Heather and Neva, who are longtime staff members there and also who have um, advanced equine-assisted therapy and learning certifications and who uh, Neva is also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, that they um, have lots of experience and we are just delighted to have them with us today. And they're going to tell us how this works. Um, What in the world, how in the world could a horse help you recover? But a horse can, right? Absolutely. Welcome. We're glad, Thank you Heather. So much. And yes, thanks for joining us. And I've got the two of you on there, so I'll just sort of let you uh, take out, take the comments and questions as it goes, and we'll just we'll go with the flow here. And I, I know you've got a lot to share with us today. So tell us a little bit about um, how you got interested in equine assisted therapy and what it means to you. Well, I'll, I'll go ahead and, and start here. Um, this is Heather, and um, I've loved horses all my life and um, have worked with them for a long time. And when I met Lynn, that was about 20 years ago now, um, she ended up buying a couple of my horses. And uh, years later, she said, do you know what your horses are doing? And I said, no. And she said, your horses are doing therapy. They're helping people heal and find hope. And I was just intrigued, and so I asked her more about it and um, came to find out that there's this whole world of equine-assisted psychotherapy and equine-assisted growth and learning where you can use horses to help people heal, help people become empowered and find hope again in their lives. And when I discovered that, I realized that included everything I've always wanted to do, work with horses outside and help people. And so... Uh, that's how I found myself at Acres for Life. Great. And how about you, Neva? How did you get involved with equine-assisted therapy? Well, first of all, Anna, thank you for having such a wonderful program and giving us the opportunity to speak to uh, equine-assisted therapy. That uh, I actually was a, a addictions counselor at a uh, treatment center inpatient treatment center, and I was working with extended care individuals. In other words, they were had chronic and persistent struggles with uh, trying to stay sober. And so they were actually in our program for three to four months. Uh, Lynn was also getting her master's at this program at the same time, and she offered a pilot program to the extended care folks. Um, and it ran from six to eight weeks. Five of the eight individuals that were in that pilot program were actually my, on my caseload. And after about the second week, I was struggling to figure out what the changes, where the changes were coming from in these clients, the insights they were having, the ability to tolerate emotional distress in a totally different way, uh, an understanding of recovery concepts that uh, were just insightful. Uh, all of a sudden we were starting to see some changes, and even the clients couldn't put words to them. So I started going out and watching the, just, just observing my clients do in the sessions, and I could see why they couldn't put words to them. Uh, as close as I could define it was 
they were it was spirituality in action. They weren't just bystanders. They were participating in their own evolving spirituality. But the most important part was they were understanding that they were an active participant in their spirituality, and they could define what that wanted, what they wanted that to look like for them. Um, and I was I was sold uh, immediately. And shortly, just within the next couple of years, uh, I was out there. I had the opportunity to work with Heather and Lynn full-time for two or three years there, uh, offering groups back to uh, those that struggled with addictions and also with significant mental health issues around anxiety and depression and and the co-occurring disorders. This type of therapy was, was incredible. What is it that makes it so powerful? What, why is it that it, you saw such miraculous changes in people? What do, what's the key? One of the one of the and excuse me if I butt in here on you, Heather, because once I get started, it gets exciting when we when we talk about the spirituality. You're doing Heather great, knows Nina. that she she usually just puts a, her hands up like a timeout in the football game, but I can't see her so <laughs> the. What a lot of the clients were saying is that they they didn't know what they were blocking inside. They couldn't see what they were blocking, what was blocking them from actually accepting the spirituality of the program. They couldn't tell what that was until after they were out in the pasture and sometimes weeks later. Then they began to realize there was a block there and they themselves had put those blocks there as, as addiction does to us anyway. It blocks it blocks us in ways that uh, we don't recognize, and that struggle gets to be huge. And out in the pasture, they had the opportunity to reclaim old strengths that they did, they weren't aware they had. Uh, they were they had the opportunity to be present in the moment and change the behavior right there in the pasture and affect a different change on themselves and on their team members. So they begin to to realize. It, that they could empower themselves to make changes in their own life and they weren't as huge as what they felt like they were when they first came into recovery and early recovery. A lot the, of it, uh, Go ahead. There's that old saying that everything we need to know about recovery we learned in kindergarten and, and that is so true because a lot of that is in part of the activities out there that the, we ask the clients to engage in and the activities aren't anything more than than the basic rules we learned in kindergarten, but to our experiences, life, addiction, and just trying to live life on life's terms, we got got, uh, sidelined or whatever you want to call it by life itself, and we learned to respond in a different way that often caused harm to ourselves and to our family. So having the opportunity to do it different and coming to believe uh, over six weeks coming to believe really evolves in front of them. Mm-hmm. It's almost like addiction in an odd way is, is very passive or it makes people passive. Right? Um, and, and you're talking about this gets people to participate in, in, them, in their own life. Absolutely. And that's, uh, there, there isn't a therapy out there, I don't think, that doesn't ask us as recovering alcoholics and addicts. It requires us to step in and make active changes in our life to be an active participant in our life or what? what's the sense in getting sober if we don't want a life that we want to live to its fullest and to get to actually change our life the way we want it to. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So, it, go ahead. Is this an, an opportunity for people to actually ride horses or what do they do? Is this a, like learning how to ride or what, is, what do people actually do? Actually, our, our program um, does not include any riding. Um, a lot of people have heard of, of hippotherapy or the, the horse therapies where people do ride, and there is a lot of benefit in that. But with EGALA, who's, that's what we are certified through, the Equine Assisted Growth and Learning Association, um, all of the activities are done on the ground. Um, and so the, the participants have an opportunity to work with horses in a very authentic manner where they're both on an equal 
playing field. Um, the people enter the pasture and and work with horses that are in as natural of an environment as they can be within within a fence, um, which really just allows horses to be who they are instinctively, and that's why horses are so great at this therapy, because they mirror for people what people are bringing into the world. And if we're on the back of a horse, the horse is responding to how it was trained. But when we're on the ground with the horse, it's a completely authentic relationship in that way. I remember I had the opportunity um, actually a few years ago to spend a day at Acres for Life and to participate um, in with some of my, I was in school at the time um, in, for addiction, getting my addictions counselor's degree and had an opportunity to participate with some of my classmates who were invited by Lynn out to Acres for Life. And I'll never forget, uh, we were in a small group working with a horse and I'll never forget this one horse that we were working with, we were trying to get him to walk around and um, he wouldn't do it. He wouldn't budge. And we did everything we could think of. And and I thought, isn't that typical? You know, we're trying to be counselors. We want to help him, you know. <laughs> and uh-huh. it turns out, at the end, uh, Lynn said, well, his feet really hurt. And he really doesn't like to walk. And we were like, oh, got it, you know. And and it was a wonderful opportunity to learn, you know what, what somebody's ready to do in any of our business. and um, And you can't drag somebody where they're not ready to go. It was a good lesson. And what yeah, is that ever really, the truth? Yeah. And, and what you're touching on there is really one of the core pieces of, around this experiential therapy is the use of metaphor, taking what happens in the pasture back into life. You know, that horse for you guys that day became a client that really needed help. And perhaps you were trying to move the client to where they needed to go to get that help or to move forward in their recovery. And so whatever happens out in that pasture with with the horses, you know, perhaps it's a halter or a lead rope or, or whatever, it all takes on um, a, a symbology that can be linked back to life because whatever behaviors show up in the pasture, show up in life, guaranteed. It's a great opportunity to really take a look at what those things are. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was interesting as well because we, you know, we were in a small group and uh, just our own interactions of trying to sort out, well, who's going to do what? And we couldn't talk. I remember mm-hmm. that was part of it. It had to be nonverbal. <laughs> So, of course, you know, we want to be helpful, so we're all rushing in, you know, kind of getting in each other's space, and it took a while to to just sort that out, like to not be overdoing and, and not be mm-hmm. getting in each other's way, which is, again, a good counselor lesson, to yeah. be part of a team and not try to run it. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. Those are... Those- the uh, and understanding what it was as as a learning experience for you uh, helps to to understand as a client and coming into working with five or six other individuals and maybe you've only known them for five or seven days at the most scared out of your mind about having to give up your best friend the drugs or alcohol and getting to know twenty people brand new people and then put you all together in one place to struggle together. And to work together, and those are those are bonds that that uh, can't be beat. The the girls, especially women, especially remember those bonds for for years later. Right. Yeah. Thank you so much, Heather and Neva. We're going to take a short break, and uh, when we come back, we'll start off with a brief meditation, the Serenity Minute, a moment to focus on a constructive idea, and then my guests. Heather and Neva will be back with us and we'll keep talking about the wisdom of the horse, equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery. We'll be right back. Unity Online Radio is affiliated with Unity, a nonprofit organization specializing in prayer, publishing, and spiritual education. If you enjoy our programming and would like to support this ministry, go to www.unity.fm and click on Donate Now to make a contribution. You can make a one-time or recurring monthly donation. Thank you.
Hi, this is Ellen Devonport. The Five Principles was my first book, and here's what I've learned as an author. It's nice to sell a lot of books, but it's truly gratifying to know the book is being read, used, and studied in churches and small groups in the U.S. and beyond. And I get a real kick out of hearing that someone gave the Five Principles to friends who aren't in unity. Because the Five Principles are universal spiritual laws. They operate in everyone's life, whether they know it or not. They've been discovered and rediscovered by spiritual masters for thousands of years. God is all there is. We are expressions of God. We create our experience with the power of our thoughts. We align ourselves with the well-being of the universe through prayer and meditation. And we live the truth we know every day in every decision. Just five principles, they cover it all. Buy the book at unity.org. Is your life on hold? Do you feel stuck? Are you a success story to everybody but yourself? Are you tired of getting ready to get ready? If you answered yes to any of these questions, then tune in every Wednesday to Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends. Get ready to answer your life's highest calling. Reclaim your life with Reverend Kevin Friends and explore distinctions for becoming a person of purpose, power, passion, peace, and prosperity. Call in with your questions and comments for real-time coaching and conversation committed to inspiring and empowering you to design and live the life of your dreams. That's Design Your Life with Reverend Kevin Ross and Friends every Wednesday right here on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet, with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you'd like to share your questions, comments, and experience with today's topics, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're really glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic today is the wisdom of the horse, equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery. And my guests are Heather Jeffrey and Neva Sherman. They are both uh, certified uh, in equine-assisted therapy and learning. They are longtime staff members at Acres for Life. Neva is also a licensed alcohol and drug counselor, and Heather is a coach, a life coach, and um, they have been working with clients for several years um, at Acres for Life. Uh, Lynn Moore is the um, owner and founder of Acres for Life, and they work with clients um, in, from, in addiction recovery, clients that have co-occurring disorders, which means mental health and addiction issues. Um, and also other people. They also work with corporate groups and so forth and team building. So it's exciting to hear all about uh, what they're telling us about how a horse can be a fabulous therapist. But before we get back to our discussion, let's take a moment to focus on a constructive idea in our Serenity Minute. So I invite you to relax and open your mind and heart and focus on this idea. I'm grateful for the feedback that life gives me. I'm glad to learn about myself. I'm fully alive. I'm grateful for the feedback that life gives me. I'm glad to learn about myself. I'm fully alive. Thank you for joining us in the Serenity Minute, and I hope that in that you did find that conscious contact with your higher power, that you feel refreshed and renewed. Thanks for joining us. And so now we're back to our topic, the wisdom of the horse, equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery, and my guests, Heather Jeffrey and Neva Sherman, who are staff members at Acres for Life. And you can read more about Acres for Life at, on their website, and that's www.acresforlife, just the way it sounds, .com, acresforlife.com, and you can read more about their program there and what they do. Acres for Life, a ministry of hope. So, um, again, thanks, Heather and Neva, for being with us today. And um, tell us 
a little bit exactly about what people do um, when they come there for the equine-assisted therapy. What, what specific kinds of activities? We know they're not riding. Right, they aren't riding. Uh, we have about 50 different activities uh, that we can meld into all sorts of, you know, really limitless ideas to work with whatever specifically folks' treatment goals are and what they're wanting to work on. It's a very um, flexible model. It may be things such as uh, going out and finding a horse that, for you, represents your recovery and bringing that horse back. It may be moving a horse that represents you through an obstacle course where the folks label what the different obstacles are for them. Um, there's just a, a variety of different things that work on communication and uh, like Neva was saying before, you know, what, what possible blocks are, are in your way and, and what strengths did you maybe forget, forget that you had but then you can find out there again. Right. And when you we wrap it a, up, we had a go ahead. Mm-hmm. Go ahead, Neva. We had, a, we had a, an activity the other day uh, where a group of clients came out and there was, they were involved in the activity and one of the horses continually came in uh, vying for their attention and it wasn't the horse that they had chosen to work with. This horse became a nuisance to them, constantly putting his head in and interfering to where they had to keep moving the horse out of the way. And each of the clients took their turn at moving the horse out and keeping it distracted, at sometimes putting themselves uh, at risk of getting bitten uh, to do that, just simply not, just simply holding the horse away. They, in processing afterwards, every last one of them identified that horse as being their addiction. They identified the distraction, the way that this horse took away from what the, the task they were trying to complete, the uh, communication they were trying to, to communicate as a team and working together as a team. And they really likened that to their own lives, as Heather was saying earlier, the use of metaphors. And these gals picked up right on that and how much their addiction, they identified that horse as their addiction and what each one of them did uh, in trying to remove addiction from their life and the distraction that it was causing. So as Heather was talking about, there's an activity. Out of that activity, we can come up with the activity and have it all planned out. And when people show up and come out into the pasture, that may all change because we're going to be where the client's at and what they're presenting with, not maybe what we have in our own mind. And and there again, I mean, that that client-centered therapy is what we're all working to, as addictions counselors, striving for, uh, is meeting the client where they're at. Yeah, right. that's what Neva was just talking about is so, is so crucial. We very much may have a plan, uh, but we go wherever the client needs to go, and we truly let them tell their story. Um, what we do when we're out there, we always work as a pair, we always have an equine specialist and a mental health professional, whether we're working with an individual or a group. And um, we're really watching the horses because the horses will mirror what the clients are actually experiencing on the inside. Um, it, horses are congruent all the time. What you see is what you get. And so... Um, we really watch the horses because the horses know the real deal of what's going on for our clients. And so we're looking for certain things. We're looking for shifts in the horses. For example, the horses were standing still. Now they're running. That would be a shift. There's something of significance behind that because horses will mirror what people bring into the pasture, a pattern, something that happens three or more times. Uh, something that's unique that we've never seen the horses do before. We know our horses really well, and so we're able to pick out these different things, and then we bring these observations back to the clients, and then they're able to explore through metaphor what that might mean for them. What's an example of, of something that you saw as a pattern or, or that a horse or that a horse mm-hmm. did you've never seen it do before, and what did it mean? Well, um, one in particular, if I may, Neve, I'll just say a couple. I'm sure you have many um, as well. 
we had a, um, a young woman out there. It was an individual. And this horse came up and um, grabbed her coat sleeve with its lips. And this was in the wintertime. And she said, oh, that's so cute. Well, another minute later, this horse came up and grabbed the coat sleeve a little, a little firmer this time and kind of gave the coat sleeve a tug. And she said, oh, isn't that sweet? And a couple minutes later, same thing again. This time the horse came in and gave it a harder tug. And she, you know, she is still kind of laughing, saying it was sweet and cute. And I remember at the time saying, you know, those are real teeth. And she said, oh, it's fine. It's cute and sweet. Well, the fourth time the horse came in and this time nipped harder. This woman hadn't set a boundary. She had just let it keep happening. And I remember she said, ouch, that hurt. And we just asked her, we said, what is it? This starts out cute and fun and sweet, and then before you know it, it really hurts, and you find yourself in this situation. And what ended up coming out of it was that she had began a relationship again with her using boyfriend, hadn't told anyone, and was finding herself getting sucked back into some of those using behaviors. And so she was able to tie that metaphor in and realize what was happening um, as far as unique, one time we were out with, uh, this was an individual, and one of our little miniature horses ran all the way across the pasture and jumped on top of our thoroughbred, who was laying down on the top of a hill, just jumped right on her back. And she stood up, and this little miniature went almost all the way up because his little elbows got caught on her back. And he was basically almost riding on top of her until he slid to the ground, and this person just started to laugh and they said, for me, that is fun. He says, I've forgotten how to laugh. I've forgotten to have joy in my life. And that's such a huge part of living in recovery is joy and remembering what it feels like to laugh again. So those are a couple examples. Neva, I'm sure you have many as well. You know, I was, I was just thinking of one that, that is kind of critical because we oftentimes forget that a lot of our clients come in from either recommendations from other therapists or uh, the staff that has recommended them to come out for this, for experiential, don't have the opportunity due to their own work schedule to be, a, be able to come out and see it. And so how does it get communicated back to the professionals working with our clients as well? The, I had an occasion last Friday to work with a group that had a session on Monday and uh, in that session on Monday, I didn't know what had happened in the session on Monday, and so I asked the girls, I said, what, what were the reflections that you had from Monday's group? A number of them said, uh, I felt congruent. It's the first time in my life I felt congruent. And they all agreed, and they agreed that they felt congruent as a team. They had, I said, what, how did you come to this, this realization? And they said they had... Uh, an obstacle in the pasture, and one of the horses they had been working with went over the obstacle in the pasture. And I'm sitting there knowing this horse, and I have not, in the, the several years I've worked out there, I have not seen this particular horse go over the obstacle when it was raised off of the ground. And that validated uh, to me that what the horse was feeling was the same thing that these girls were, were expressing which was a congruency. That horse knew he could trust to go ahead and go over the obstacle, and the congruence was not only felt with the women, but the horse was also feeling the congruence. So when that kind of information gets gets communicated all the way around, then the uh, clients begin to understand that they don't need to have the answers. They need to be, if they can be present in the pasture with the horses, if they can actively participate in their own recovery, that the answers will come to them if they simply let it sit there as much. I mean, that's what spirituality to me is about anyway. And one of my biggest struggles in my own recovery was, was that being still with myself long enough for the answers to come. Mm-hmm. And if, if I may, Anna, um, just Neva kind of made me think of another one as well with what she was sharing as far as a pattern there was an individual who kept pulling 
on this horse and kept pulling, and the horse just wouldn't wouldn't move and wouldn't move. And they kept looking back towards the horse. And at one point we just said, where are you going? Where are you going in your recovery? And they pointed back over their shoulder. And it said, we just said, what would it be like if you were to believe that you could live a full life in recovery and instead of looking into your past, look into your future and believe you could do it? And we saw them turn and start to pull and they started to look back again, and we said, do you need to look back to know that it's not moving? And they said no, and they turned back towards the front again and started to pull. And when that horse began to move and they felt that, that's what experiential is. It was a, a body, you know, a body memory of what it felt like to be empowered. It was just, it was phenomenal for that person. That's an incredible story. I love it. it. What you say about that embodied part, um, so much of addiction, yeah. again, whether it's a substance abuse or whether it's a family member that's reacting and, you know, enabling the person with the substance part, so much of it is we really do lose touch with our bodies. Yes. Oh, that rem- just one more. We could tell stories sure, all no, day, Anna. Good. Go <laughs> I want you to. Go one more I was thinking of. Oh. There was a, a young girl, um, she was pretty slight in her frame and had a very difficult time speaking her mind. Um, she was in her, I believe, young 20s, but she had a very difficult time saying who she is and what she wanted in her life, struggling with addiction. And she was very fearful at first, being out with the horses, would always let other people speak for her. Well, the final day that she was out there, this is also in the wintertime, the whole herd was inside under this um, overhang, and uh, she was outside with some other peers, and the snow began to slide off the roof because it was starting to warm up. And the whole herd of horses began running out, and she turned to see all of them coming. This was like her biggest fear. She talked about that. She turned to run, stopped, spun around, put her hands up in the air and yelled, stop. And all 12 horses stopped in their tracks and just watched her. Wow. I, I, I cry when I tell this story because in that moment, she's like, look at what I can do. Look at the power that I have and my voice has. And she was able to see what she could do when she believed in herself. Uh, we hear from her still very often, and she's living just a wonderful life in recovery and is so happy. So that was a really neat moment for her. It was, it was amazing to be there. It was a miracle. Mm-hmm. Uh, thank you. Yeah, that makes me cry, too. That's an amazing <laughs> Amazing story. That's powerful. She, it, it, it was funny because in after talking with her for a little bit, she said that she indicated that she looked at the fence and saw that it was going to be too far to run and how oftentimes in recovery that we don't change unless the uh, it's more uncomfortable in the fear than what it is in the change. Mm-hmm. And for her, she just simply reacted. She knew it was going to be too far to the fence. She turned and did what she didn't think she was capable of doing. And actually, for the three of us to watch this and see the horses all stop just like that and look at her, it was, it was as Heather said, it was incredible and amazing. Mm-hmm. Wow, that's something else. You brought up a, a word earlier, um, trust. And I trust is certainly something that goes out the window when there's active addiction. How do the horses help people develop trust and, and trust in what? Do you want to take that one, Eva, or do you want me to? Uh, there's a, 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 I was just thinking of a couple of things, Heather, and, and please jump in at any time. The, for me, it's, again, it comes back to, and the, the word congruence it, comes in into mind because oftentimes what we're doing what we're feeling on the inside we're presenting something on the outside I mean we've been actors such actors that are active using for so long that we don't even know who we are on the inside and the biggest piece of of trust to me or what the horses teach is they're going to respond to what we feel on the inside and that's what they're going to they're going to ask from us 
is give me something that's from the inside. Don't don't give me what's on the outside. I already know what that is. But give me something from the inside. And right, we're going to have to take a break right will, now, but we'll be right back and we'll keep talking about trust. Um, stay with us. My guests, Heather Jeffrey and Neva Sherman, are talking with us about the wisdom of the horse equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery. We'll be right back. Anytime a situation seems confusing or hopeless, most likely I am viewing it from a perspective of human limitation. Instead, I have the innate power to see any circumstance from a spiritual perspective by turning to God in prayer. If I am seeing only problems and not solutions, illness and not wholeness, lack and not abundance, I sit quietly in the silence and reestablish my oneness with God, affirming wisdom, wholeness, and abundance. I begin to see things differently, at one with infinite possibility. I scale the heights of human awareness and view the world as from above, expressing oneness with God in all that I think, say, and do. I allow my spirit to soar. This inspirational message is brought to you by Daily Word. Daily Word. Inspiration and practical teachings to help people of all faiths live healthy, prosperous, and meaningful lives. Give Daily Word to yourself or a friend and give the gift of hope, joy, peace, and encouragement. Order your subscriptions today online at dailyword.com. Have you ever noticed that life is filled with amazing people? People who are passionate about being alive and fully engaged in living on purpose and with intention. Hi, I'm Jamie Sanders, host of Spirituality Today here on Unity Online Radio. Each week, we bring you an hour of inspiration and motivation to empower you to be the best you you can be. Listen in and open up as we present some of the most dynamic teachers, authors, musicians, and celebrities that are living the life extraordinaire. Spirituality Today, every Wednesday afternoon, 2 p.m. Central, 3 p.m. Eastern, where life is good, and so are you. Spirit of Recovery, the place where spirituality and recovery meet with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D. If you have a question, comment, or experience with today's topic you'd like to share, call us now or email us at spiritofrecovery at unity.fm. We now return to Spirit of Recovery. Welcome back to Spirit of Recovery. We're very glad that you're with us today. And if you're just joining us, our topic is the wisdom of the horse, equine-assisted therapy for addiction recovery. And my guests are Heather Jeffrey and Neva Sherman, and they are staff members at Acres for Life, which is an equine-assisted therapy um, farm in Minnesota. And they are just telling us so much wonderful information about horses or fabulous therapists and how they can help people move forward in their lives and get past um, stuck places to have a really powerful life. So um, when we, when we uh, stopped before the break there, you were telling us how horses help people develop trust. So tell us more about that. How does that work? Well, I think the, the, as, as, we were, as I was thinking more about it, I think a good way to phrase it is that the horse... The horse gives us permission to to begin to trust ourselves again. The the horse is is going to respond to what is coming from the inside, where we know that's where the truth lies, and that's a big principle of Egala is that the the solutions lie within us, and it's a big uh, principle of experiential as well. And in an activity, when the horse is responding a certain way. They're usually responding to, they're trying to get the individual to own their own truth and to speak to that truth or to do a behavior that is consistent with their truth. And the horse is going to respond to that. The individual is going to know that it's authentic 
and they're going to feel the shift from within. It's hard to describe because we can see it somewhat visually on the outside, but it's even more important as we begin to see the body posture, the facial changes on the individual, we know that it's shifting. The person may not have the words at that time to articulate what is going on, but a big piece that comes out of that that oftentimes they aren't able to articulate is the feeling, the belief that they are trustworthy and the ability to begin to trust themselves as well. Mm-hmm. Great, great. Um, I know that uh, I, this is kind of a goofy question in a way maybe, but do you think, what do you think the horses think about all this? Do you think they're aware that they're being helpful or, or what? What do you think is going on with the horses? I sh- I sure do. I mean, it's really neat in the morning when we go out and we open up that back gate and we call them. I mean, they're at night they go out to their time-off pasture. It's a good 10 acres of really high grass, and um, they're just happy as clams back there. But in the morning when we call them up and say it's time to go to work, we don't have to go get horses. They come running, and they love their job. They, they respond differently to everyone who's out there. All of our horses have their own personalities and own life experiences. Um, some of them have been donated because they have, you know, physical ailments so they can't be ridden anymore. Some of them have abuse in their past. They all have different stories, just like all of our clients. And some the people get to choose the horse they want to work with or sometimes the horse chooses them. Um, it's it's neat, and I do truly believe that these horses know that they're helping and they love their job. They do. Yeah. I would agree with Heather completely, and one of the things that we are very conscientious of and that we don't do is to feed our horses anything in addition to just the grass they get. We especially discourage treats and, and ask that clients not bring treats to the horses because that, again, alters the authentic relationship the horse has with the person. The person's going to wonder, did the horse come to me because I have a treat, uh, that I gave it a treat before. And just being, just showing up and being yourself is enough. And to, for, for a client to be able to understand that, that the value that they can bring to that pasture, uh, those horses can certainly tell them that. And there isn't mm-hmm. a day that I've worked there that... We haven't looked at each other at some some time. Heather Leonard and I haven't looked at each other and said, "Have you ever seen him do that?" <laughs> the something as well as we think we might know the horses, and I can tell you, Heather knows those horses inside and out. She, when she says, "I've never seen him do that," I know that a, a small miracle just happened there in front of us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's it is really amazing and. Um, just the way that horses respond to people by doing those unique things Neva was was talking about and just watching the horses. One of the, the greatest gifts that these guys bring is that as people, we're really good at talking about all the things we should do. We know, you know, if we, even if we're thinking about what we should eat and that we should exercise, and we know all these things logically, but do we actually do them or not? And out with the horses, people can talk all day about the things they're going to do or the things they should do, and the horse is going to keep reflecting the same thing. And if the person doesn't like what they're seeing, they have an opportunity then and there to do something different, to actually do something different, change their behavior, and the horse will instantly reflect something different because horses don't judge you. They have no agenda They're just showing up in the moment 100%, and it's such a gift. You know, horses don't frame you up. You're not a diagnosis to a horse. You're just just a person. It's so refreshing in that way. I know that you work with people that that have obviously are recovering from addiction but you also work with other people. What are some other Mm -hmm. stories that you have or other people that you work with? Well, we do. We work with all sorts of different, you know, um, just like the other EGALA programs uh, around the world, um, work with corporate groups, school groups, uh, individuals, married couples, children. I remember um, one client came out 
because they were really struggling. They had a very high-profile um, career where they were very well-known for what they did, and they really felt like the career was eating them up. And they came out to do some work around that, and they identified what horse out in the pasture was their big career, and they wanted it, and they were following it. And it happened to be our, our Clydesdale Percheron mare. She's very tall and beautiful, and this client kept following her, and she'd get right up to her, and this mare would move away. Meanwhile, what the client wasn't seeing was behind them, Behind this person was our oldest gelding, um, not very flashy, but he's a solid guy, and he was following her everywhere she went, right behind her shoulder, but she was so focused on this big, shiny, beautiful thing that she didn't see that he was there. Finally, after about 45 minutes, he came up and he just nudged her pretty hard with his head right in her back, and she turned around and she went, oh my gosh, she hadn't even realized he was there, and it ended up that he was the dream career that she'd never followed because she was so sucked into doing this big career. Um, and so she turned her attention then to what had been following her all along and began to work with that, and that was pretty amazing for her. Um, we had a young child come out who has um, a lot of a lot of stuff. One of the biggest things she had was a reactive attachment disorder. And um, she wanted this little miniature horse to come with her. And he wouldn't stop eating. And she kept pulling and pulling and getting more and more angry and frustrated. And he wouldn't stop eating no matter how hard she pulled. Finally, she threw the rope down, went all the way across the pasture. We were working in about a five-acre area at that point. And she sat down and just began to cry. And from where I was standing, I could hear her crying. And right as she did that, this little mini, his name is Zach, he raised his head up and he walked all the way across the pasture, dragging his lead rope behind him all the way to her. And he put his nose softly on the top of her head as she sat there and just breathed. And it was just this moment she looked up and saw him. And for her, that became very important because it was all about when she needed, she called it her Zach time, and she'd tell her mom, Mom, I need Zach time, and that meant she just needed time to be and to breathe. And it's, it's things like that. It happens, it happens out there every day. It's, it's just amazing. How has it changed the two of you to be doing this work? It must be just touch you so powerfully every day. Oh, it's, it's changed everything for me. Sorry, Neva, I didn't mean to jump in. I'll be brief, and then you can talk. But, I mean, it truly has changed everything for me because I found my passion, and I don't say that lightly. But I feel so blessed to be in that pasture with those amazing animals and watch people change their lives. I mean, they literally find hope again. And when you see someone find hope again... You just feel blessed to be there. It's it's amazing. That uh, I I would agree with Heather. It is it is absolutely. I I think in a lot of ways it's made uh, it's made me a much better counselor. One of my beliefs is that to truly be uh, to truly have a full recovery, we need to become willing to move our life into recovery instead of trying to fit recovery into our life and to begin living a program instead of working a program. And so those two beliefs, for me, those that's what I can actually support and hold out in that pasture, hold the space for, is for people to step into their, oftentimes we refer to the pasture as this is your recovery. So we invite them to go into their life and into their recovery life and actually show up the way they want their recovery to show up. It reminds me daily to step back and join the client where they're at and to be present for them and to simply hold the space that the client has the answer. It's just a matter of staying still long enough with themselves and to have the space and time to be able to give themselves permission for their own solution. Mm -hmm. And then just to be able to work with such dynamic 
individuals like Lynn and Heather has been a tremendous blessing. Heather brings so much with her life coaching, brings so much in, I mean, even down to the color of the halter rope that one might choose uh, has symbolism and fits in so well. It's it's so well-rounded. Uh, the life coaching is with the experiential and all of it is so well-rounded. It's a, it's a whole recovery instead of parts of it. Thank you so much. I'm, our time is up, but Heather and Neva, you have just really touched us today and moved us with the power of what you do. Thank you to um, you. Thank you to Acres for Life and to Lynn Moore and to the horses. Thanks so much to the horses and to the people that are willing to do this. Thanks for all you shared with us today and for the work that you do. Thank you, Anna. Thank you. You're welcome. Thank you for what you do, Anna. Please keep carrying the message. Thanks. Thank you to all uh, for listening with us today, and we know you've really enjoyed this. Join us again next week when our topic is Getting Unstuck, and uh, we'll find out some more about a different kind of experiential therapy called psychodrama, which is another great way to uh, get in, in your own power and live a powerful life. God bless you. You're in my thoughts and prayers, and uh, have a wonderful week. for tuning in to Spirit of Recovery with Reverend Anna Schaus, Ph.D., and her guests. Join Anna and her guests live every Tuesday at 4 p.m. Central, 2 p.m. Pacific for down-to-earth ideas on keeping spirituality in the heart of your recovery. Spirit of Recovery, only on Unity FM, the voice of an awakening world. This program is brought to you in part by Soul Matters Ministry in Olympia, Washington, committed to bringing light to the soul. Online at www.soulmatters-spiritworks.org. Music Speaks Louder Than Words is an inspiring, informative, and fun hour of uplifting, heartfelt music and commentary that delivers a powerful message of love, joy, and oneness. It will keep you smiling and singing along. Your host, Dale Worley, is alive with the Spirit of God each Thursday afternoon at 1 p.m. Pacific, 4 p.m. Eastern with Music Speaks Louder Than Words. Music, it's the only thing that the whole world listens to. In quiet moments of prayer, let go of any concern. Anchor your trust deep in the realization that with God all things are possible. Never doubt it for a single moment. This meditative moment is brought to you by Unity. human life, based on the principles of an evolutionary spirituality, look like? Reverend Kelly Isola wants to talk with people of every faith or no faith at all to passionately participate in the next great epic in the emergence of consciousness and culture. If the choice is ours to consciously evolve, then what can life look like at this pivotal time in human history? Join us each Wednesday at 11 a.m. Central Time for Spiraling Consciousness with host Reverend Kelly Isola right here on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. Good parenting doesn't happen by default. It's intentional. It's a decision about who you'll be and what you'll do in your family life. Join your hosts, Reverends Jennifer and Ogan Holder, each week for Unity Family Matters as they guide you on a spiritual journey, creating conscious family life. Experience the light side of parenting, realizing your divine identity while raising your children to know they are the light of God. Gain insights based on Unity principles. Talk with today's prominent experts in spiritual parenting. And address your questions and comments from spiritual perspectives. Unity Family Matters. 
every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, on Unity Online Radio, the voice of an awakening world. I'm Michelle Phillips, a celebrity makeup artist, beauty expert, self-confidence coach, and Hay House author. My podcast, Beauty and Beyond, is the place for women navigating the challenges of the aging process. Listen in for my professional advice, as well as my expert guests, as we share valuable tips, practical tools, and empowering resources to help you not only look amazing, but also live an amazing life part of the mindbodyspirit.fm podcast network and available wherever you get your podcasts.